news, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for what's going on. The big news, stories, opinions, highlights from across the Zone Sports Network. You know, Gordon, we've got uh, Copa Italia final on the uh, the monitor here in the studio <laughs> right now. And How's it going? It's you know, I just it's in it's in a shootout. So it's supposed to be yeah. exciting, and it it feels like it's still not. Well, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> Buffon. The goal, the goalkeeper for the other team. I think this is his final game ever. Ever? Wow. How about that? I so wonder, you're watching history. He's I wonder the, if he'll uh, Brazilian uh, national uh, goalie. goalie, I believe, or keeper or whatever. I I hope he does. Uh, he goes out like Zinedine Zidane did by bu- butting someone in the head. Head butting somebody. You remember that? Actually, sorry, he's the Italian goalkeeper, not Brazilian, but whatever. Remember that in the the final of the World Cup, the the like biggest yeah. game arguably of his career, he decides to headbutt somebody and then they lose. Whoops! And he had a so, storied, legendary career, and that's all we all remember. Yeah, that's about. it. That's it. Yeah, he was a truly great player, but that's all we know. That's See, it. you said you said something there, Jake, that I think is important for our listeners as sports fans to think about. You said that no matter what they do, it's kind of boring. It uh, doesn't really matter or whatever. It's because you don't have any meaning to assign to what you're seeing. Oh, I totally agree. And, and that, that comes into play. I mean, sometimes people think a game is so fascinating and so enthralling and, and, and thrilling and, and exciting. And, but it's really not. It's just that they care deeply about one team or the other. Well, e- even more than that, it's cultural, Gordon. I'll, I'll give you an example. I think I've told you this on the air before. We uh, we befriended a, a couple when we were on our honeymoon. They're from Australia. And uh, they came and visited the United States and did kind of a road trip across the, the West. They came to Salt Lake City and went to Vegas. But they ended up in uh, the Bay Area for a little while. And we said, oh, man, you've got to check out uh, an NFL game. Because mm-hmm. they were there when the uh, the Niners were in town or whatever. They went. Could not have been more bored. <laughs> I, they they didn't like it so much. I was worried that they'd be mad at us for suggesting that they go. They said it was like the 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 crowd was fun and all that, but the the game they found boring. Well, what 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 game do they like? Well, uh, what rugby is big in Australia? Uh, what Australian football, obviously big over there. Cricket, I think, is a thing. Is Australian rules f- football, is that so much more exciting than the NFL game? No, I guess that's what I'm saying. It's it's cultural. They didn't like all the, the stops. And if you think about it, it's true. You get like a yeah, split second a of worth of action, and then they stand around for 20 minutes. Wasn't that what George Will used to say? Or who was it who used to make fun of of football because it was like 20 seconds of action and then a bunch of committee meetings? Yeah, it's it's really true. But yet we're into it and we're patient with it, right? And we have our favorite teams, and it's ingrained in our culture. We love football. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I I totally agree with that. I I think that people, when you talk to sports fans, they like the game. I mean, a lot of people like the game, but I think in a lot of cases they're bigger fans of whatever team they're rooting for than they are for the sport itself. True. We've talked about that before. How many how many people in Salt Lake City are huge jazz fans and how many are huge basketball fans? 
Certainly more on the jazz fan front, right? We've seen that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we get it when we talk basketball. I mean, we talk a lot of NBA on the show. There's no doubt about it. But, I mean, we're, we're pretty focused on the jazz because that's what people care about. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying that people don't care about the game because it's. Uh, I mean, other issues within the game because it's connected to the Jazz. Like when we talk about this restart in Florida, well, obviously that drastically affects the Utah Jazz. No doubt. You know? So when we talk about the, the 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 fine print of what's going to be going on down there, well, that affects Donovan Mitchell. That affects Rudy Gobert. That affects pe- players that people here care about. So there I mean, is that extended interest as well. I mean, for example, I mean, you're not uh, staying up in the middle of the night to watch a New Mexico Lobos non-conference <laughs> ladies basketball game because, you, you know, the – the the gameplay is so high. You know what I mean? You're, you're personally connected. You're passionate. At no time have I ever indicated that I was a Lobos fan. At no time ever have I done that. Gordon, new computer system. Remember, you got to not, not blind wait, wait, at Austin. And, <laughs> you told me to do it. Aren't we doing what's and, going on here? We and, are. And, and, and mean it. Go Lobos. Yeah. That sounds like and, a minute. and and mean it. All right, let's let's Go get Lobos. let's get to what's going on today, Gordon. And I thought we'd get to the entire conversation with Hanson Scotty and uh, John Hartwell, uh, athletic director at Utah State. I thought the interview was really really good, but really illustrating how universities are proceeding with their student athletes. I thought it was a real good look at that, and we thought we'd let our listeners hear that if they didn't have a chance to. Joining us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line, he is the Athletic Director of Utah State, and he is kind enough to join us now, John Hartwell. John, how you doing? Hey, John. Doing well. How are you guys doing today, Scott and Ham? Uh, uh, we're hanging in there. Can't complain. Uh, is every day a little different for you as you try to figure out what uh, this next athletic season is going to look like? Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, I, I would say I would go even further than every day. I'd say about every hour is a little bit different. And uh, just like when I woke up here in Cache Valley this morning and there was snow in the uh, mountaintops, uh, you know, expect the unexpected these days. But uh, we're, we're plowing through and, uh, and you know, uh, uh, try, trying to make sure uh, we, we have the positivity mojo going and, uh, and, and are playing uh, when the fall gets here. And, you know, uh, obviously some optimism right now is we've got uh, not only football student athletes back on campus, but our men's and women's basketball and volleyball and soccer student athletes are, are making their way back as well. So uh, hopefully we'll, we are trending towards the new normal, whatever that's uh, ends up looking like. Man, uh, John, I love that you started with the positivity because Scotty and I really try to be positive. And there was a two and a half, three month period where everything was negative, just being canceled left and right. All the different Fourth of July events and all the the team or sorry, the community parades and everything. And it just and games and leagues. And it was just a really tough time. But now we've started to got so we were starting to get some positivity rolling. Kind of walk us into some of the other things other than kids coming on campus that are of a positive nature for the athletic department. Yeah, those things are, and, you know, I think uh, the last time I visited with you guys, we we, uh, 
dove a little bit into some of the financial aspects and modifications, uh, you know, uh, that the uh, that the pandemic has has created for us, and and at that time. You know, the stock market was still down a, a pretty significant amount, and I'm a knock on wood as I say this. Uh, uh, that that market's regained uh, to arguably about where we were pre-COVID-19. So, uh, you know, that that's created a little more positivity, uh, you know, amongst donors, and as uh, as we look to people, you know, to continue their generosity through philanthropic gifts to us and buying tickets and things like that. And, you know, uh, with, with the student-athletes back on campus, uh, you know, we continue to get more and more of not only our previous season ticket holders uh, uh, coming into the ticket office or calling in or, or ordering online, um, but also some some new uh, donors as well. And, and, you know, through some dialogue, uh I know our staff's been on the phone with the folks at Washington State this past week, and uh, you know uh, everything uh, is is pointing towards that September third Thursday night game, and uh, we have the Cougars come to town. Mm. Well, and that's what uh, I think a lot of people really felt like in some way, shape, or form there would be a season, just not sure exactly what that season would look like. But And, again, we know everything can change hour by hour, but your confidence level right now is, is pretty good that uh, the season will start on time against the opponents that you, you've scheduled. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things that we continue to work through, and, you know, there's there's always been great collaboration uh, amongst the institutions in our state, but I, I say that's probably uh, grown even stronger uh, through some of this because we're all dealing with the same issues. And, and I know, uh, you know, Jerry Bovee from our staff is, has been in dialogue uh, uh, as well as I have with uh, uh, you know, uh, with, with Tom Homo at BYU, and, and uh, we've been in communication with Utah, kind of looking like at, hey, what does attendance look like? And, you know, obviously some directives from the governor's office and some came out last week that said, hey, outside venues, uh, you know, 6,000, inside venues, 3,000, and, and hopefully those numbers will grow between now and the beginning of the season. And, you know, how do we go about properly social distancing people in our venues and things like that? So, uh, you know, those are all trending in a very positive direction, and, and we're trying to uh, see, you know, uh, with our capacity 25-5, seeing just how many people we can safely assemble inside uh, Maverick Stadium. So, John, when you think about the time that you have to get that figured out before the kickoff of football season, does it make you panic, or do you feel like, oh, man, we still have – plenty of time to try to figure some of this out well it makes you want to panic but you got to maintain some sense of uh of calm so uh and again you know uh it's a dynamic and changing situation where we get new information almost on a daily basis that uh, that reconfigures that. But, but some of the things are going to remain consistent regardless how many people we can fit in there. And, uh, you know, the, the thing of having portable hand sanitizers and, 
and things that we can do uh, along those lines to, to help, uh, you know, try to protect uh, our spectators, uh, you know, health and well-being as, as much as possible. And, and quite frankly, you know, some of the other things that a lot of people don't think about is, uh, you know, that are that are auxiliary components of game day. Well, hey, how about the band? Well, you know, it's, it's uh, very likely you won't see the band on the field pregame or at halftime. They'll be performing from the stand. How about cheerleaders? Uh, they may be similar to the band. How, you know, what about in-game promotions that you have become accustomed to seeing at football games, whether it's, you know, a field goal kick to win XYZ prize. You know, those may not happen either. And so so working on those types of things, too, uh, that, you know, from a 10,000-foot view, uh, most people probably don't think about until they get to the game and those may not be there. So those, those are some of the things that our staff, you know, is trying to work through, trying to, to work through with uh, – you know, Learfield IMG College, who has our uh, sponsorship rights. And, you know, if you have a sponsor who normally sponsors that field goal kick, what's something else we can provide for them so that, uh, you know, we don't have a revenue reduction because we can't do exactly what we've done in the past. John Hartwell, the athletic director at Utah State, joining us here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. I wanted to go back a little bit. You mentioned uh, fans in the stands and, and how many and what that number could look like. Uh, who do you is that a is that a consultation with the state of Utah? Uh, who, who are you working with to determine what that number can be? You know, there there are a lot of entities that weigh in on that, whether it's here, you know, in, in uh, northern Utah with uh, uh, Bear River Health District who, that has, uh, you know, some jurisdiction. It's working with university officials. It's working with the Mountain West. It's working with other peers from around the country. But one of the things uh, that I think you are definitely going to see, and I don't think this is a bad thing uh, from a player safety perspective, both from uh, limiting the risk of transmitting COVID-19 and, quite frankly, just a general uh, health and safety thing. Uh, I, I think you're going to see across college football this year a sideline that looks much more like the NFL because if, you know, people think about when you go to an NFL game or watch an NFL game on television, Outside the players and the coaches and the training staff and, and what I would call essential game personnel, uh, once that game starts in the NFL, there aren't a whole lot of uh, other bodies on the sidelines. And uh, I think uh, from a safety perspective and limiting the number of people in close contact with the student athletes, the, you know, the players on the field, I think you're going to see the college sidelines across the country look much like that for this year. Hmm. So as we've gone through this, we've seen so many different department cuts across the country. You know, so many so many colleges having to make certain department cuts really kind of across the board. You know, obviously less in the Power Five than, than other, other conferences. But I'm curious, as you guys kind of comb through things and, and move forward with this, John, how, how likely are we to see, you know, possible department cuts? 
Yeah, I mean, we we have been fortunate in and kind of our stance from from the beginning of this three plus months ago is three things we were going knowing that we were going to have to make budget cuts, but three things we were going to try to to protect, and that's sports, scholarships. And jobs, uh, you know, and 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 those are the lifeblood of, of our department. So, um, and, and quite frankly, from our initial budget to what, knock on wood, our, our draft budget is today, which uh, I'm hoping gets final approval here in the next week or so, and I, I'm confident with that. You know, our, our first iteration uh, at our FY21 budget, which that fiscal year starts on July 1, uh, was about $38.5 million. Uh, we, we've gone back in and and uh, reduced that by about $3 million. So we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, about 35.5. Uh, and, and, you know, we feel pretty comfortable about being able to do that. Uh, every sport has, uh, has drilled down and, and helped to save money, as have all of our administrative units, too. And, you know, some of the things that right off the top, uh, you know, recruiting ha- has obviously been uh, halted uh, by the NCAA to at least August 1st. Uh, so that you know that's some saving and has been some savings from the current fiscal year we're in too and 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 we're fortunate uh, and you know a lot of the credit of this goes to our to our head coaches and to our administrators when, when this first all hit early in March uh, we we got together and said hey you know uh, we there are some holes in our revenue stream and so we we've got to basically uh, cut every non-essential um, expense that we can and uh, as we track here with about two weeks left in the current fiscal year looks like not only are we going to balance but we're going to probably be to the good by about half a million dollars which uh, you know I begged and pleaded to our university administration and, and they have been very receptive that uh, looks like we're going to be able to carry that surplus forward to next year which will be beneficial you know whether that's half a million dollars six hundred thousand be able to help us plug any needs for next year so um you know the the good news again uh we're not cutting any sports uh we're we're not cutting any scholarships and and we're not cutting jobs now we have had some open positions that we've held uh open uh you know longer than we might normally do to to save some money there uh but we've been able to go in and identify you know about three million dollars of savings from our initial budget for next year so uh barring unforeseen uh circumstances uh, we feel pretty good going into next year I'm assuming the answer to this is no, but I thought I'd ask. Somebody asked me this the other day, and I wasn't quite sure. But do you, because you qualified for the NCAA tournament, even though there wasn't a tournament, do you pick up a tournament share uh, going forward, or is that just completely wiped off? Completely wiped off. We, we uh, any any percentage of zero is zero, and since that tournament was played, <laughs> um, you know that. And, and at the end of the day. Um, you know, our our uh, portion of, of NCAA funds uh, that that you know we did not collect this year was uh, was upwards of, of 
you know, just shy of a million dollars. So that that was, uh, you know, that was a challenge there. But again, with our spring sports getting shut down, uh, saving some travel uh, costs there, with spring recruiting getting shut down, saving some dollars there. And, and like I said, uh, our, our coaches and, and administrators really answered the call uh, to, to limit expenditures to, to necessities only. Yeah, I just know sometimes you can carry those credits like, you know, for two or three years after making a tournament. And uh, and I assume not that would be that would not be the case here. And it looks like that is, um, you know, the one thing that I think is really interesting about the world you're living in right now is everybody talks about football. But uh, this thing is probably still going to be a problem come basketball, I guess. Are you, are you also looking at attendance and what that could look like from the spectrum from a standpoint coming up in you know November, December? Yeah, that is uh, that is definitely something that we're looking at. Not only from general attendance, but you know, one of the one of the things that we are considering that I know, I believe the University of Utah has already announced that uh, uh, they're going to go uh, virtual. Uh, you know, no in in person classes uh, after the Thanksgiving break, and that you know the remainder of the semester will be online and and fall semester exams will be online too and uh we haven't finalized that but it's certainly in discussion right now so uh not only is your general attendance maybe affected but you know if you don't have as many students on campus uh, you know 3500 screaming utah state uh, students better known as the herd uh not being in the spectrum how, how do we uh how do we uh, take care of that and make sure that it's a great home court environment, especially when you look at our home basketball season or home basketball schedule uh, pre-conference, you know, non-conference schedule that uh, there in that stretch between Thanksgiving and Christmas includes BYU and St. Mary's at home. So uh, we're, we're making contingent plans uh, for that, you know, to, to help market promote the uh, those games as well as hey what does it look like uh you know if we are allowed to have less than a capacity crowd there you go that was john hartwell uh utah state athletic director gordon i thought giving a very uh unique insight into what's going on as they're kind of trying to bring guys back and and gals for that matter and uh, and figure out how to go forward a lot of juggling going on a lot of stuff in the air a lot of issues facing college sports, and of course, all of that falls in his lap at Utah State. So. More issues, I'd say, in college sports than pro sports, as we've talked about before. Yes, there's I agree. just so many layers. You heard um, Hartwell there descri- describing all the voices in the decision-making process. I felt like he <laughs> described the whole state. When See, he, 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 ta- I, he stopped just short of saying, like, well, I, I, I called Gordon the other day, and I said, Gordon, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I think you were the only one not on that list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but trying to get the right answers. I like his priorities as far as trying to save sports, save, uh, save jobs, save, you know, athletes. Uh, those, those, those should be at the top of the list. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. But I've got to admit, I was using my new act feature, Austin, while you were just saying that. So sorry. Oh, well, well then, never mind. <laughs> if, if if you would agree with Gordon, then you'd both be right. Right. 
No, sorry, we were doing a little show, comma, business there, talking about uh, reads and such, so I apologize. So I'm just going to blindly agree with you and hope Good. that, that uh, you were right on the money as you so rarely are. Good. All right. Do that more often. <laughs> I still like this talkback feature, Gordon. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait for you to try it out. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. I uh, want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks. This is what Austin was talking to me about, by the way. I'd agree with you, Gordon, but then we'd both be right. Syringa Networks, home to complete business, telecom, and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Anything else, Gordon, that I need to agree with? No, I think we've about covered it. Okay. Got to, see, I don't, want, I don't want you to agree with too many things or else I'll go into shock. Well, I'll agree with that. Wait, what am I agreeing with? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> okay. All right, good. I'm not going to even take offense that you were carrying on a side conversation while I was talking on the radio. You shouldn't take offense. We had mm. show comma business to take care of. Mm. So, but I do need to, does that cut him out of your ear when I talk to you? Uh, no, but I was a tad distracted, okay. especially when I was talking back. But, but you could, I could still conceivably hear listen yeah. to both of us. But I, I have trouble doing two things at once. Okay. As you know. What? Huh? I apologize, Gordon. I'm sure you were right on the money. <laughs> I can't remember what I said. Doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have more on the big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Little tease, Gordon, coming up at 5.30. We've got uh, Sounds Various Clips, also known as Drop of the Day. There's a good uh, rant out there about uh, Bryce Harper and how not good at baseball he is. So we're going to get to that. There we go. Uh (laughs) Speaking of baseball, Gordon, uh, you know, it's such a melodrama with baseball, right? You know, one one day Manfred saying things uh, are 100% going to happen. <laughs> the next day saying they're not 100% not. Now we have uh, a report that said that they that things were going to happen and then that was disputed by the players, but it would actually appear that we're closer to Major League Baseball. And Major League Baseball officially sent a proposal for a 60-game season at full prorated pay to the Major League Players Association according to ESPN. Basically, Gordon, this is more or less the same thing that they agreed to in March. And that's a good thing? Well, it's a good thing because I think it makes baseball baseball more likely to happen. But, I mean, it, it does mean that, you know, we la- wasted a lot of time and energy. Isn't it interesting that in negotiation it has to be taken to the extreme again and again before things actually get done? I mean... It's kind of how negotiation works, right? 
Yeah, I suppose. Whether it you does. like it or not, I mean, I you know this is naive on my part, but I I just wish that uh, people would bring their best offer right off the bat, and then, like you said, you could save yourself a whole lot of time and effort. Now this is this is where we accuse you of living in the hundred acre wood, you know. Yeah, I know. I know, but I I I I wish it were that way, especially in a case like this where time is important as far as whatever's going to be left of a season, if there is one at all. See, here's where I'm going to disagree with you conceptually, Gordon. I, I like the idea of negotiating because my particular, my wife uh, does that for a living. And so that often, <laughs> that often benefits me in in random ways. Yeah, why are you pro Naz losing her job, Gordon? Jeez. Well, no, she wouldn't lose her job. She would just get to it quicker. Yeah, but then, you know, when I'm, uh, I don't know, somewhere negotiating for, for something in our personal life, I, I'd rather enjoy taking a step back and watching her squeeze every last bit of blood out of that turnip. It's, oh, it's, it's, that's why you went into all that student loan debt. I mean, it's, it is. It's pretty great watching her in action, actually. Well, I'm happy to hear that uh, you, you derive such pleasure from all that. Another washing machine salesman crying. See, I'm, I'm another happy day for Jake. I'm terrible at that sort of thing. Like people come to me, you know, I ask for a bid or something for something on my house. And they're like, you know, they give me the first price and I can't wait to pull out my wallet and say, please <laughs> take every last penny. But she, I mean, she bends these poor guys in half. Well, that's that's uh, that's her training. So I know it's you, great, but, you, but, but you like but, but, the promise price program at Mark Miller. I do. Yes, she, she would prefers not. other ways. Right. Yes. That actually, no, that's just, really well put. I, I I would like the promise price because I I just don't have the heart to to haggle. I feel too bad. But she she she's good with it. She's she's in it to win it. But you agree with me that uh, a lot of time is wasted. Well, if that means that uh, you know Papa saves enough money for an extra vacation, then I guess I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you are one of the few. Who's the better negotiator in your household, you or Lisa? Oh, probably me. Uh, my my wife falls into that category of you, what you were talking about. First Jeez. price right off the bat. Oh, uh, let she, me. But, but how I'll, fast can I write well, this check? Also, no, Lisa well, probably gets her way more often than Gordon would. Well, yeah, I know, but it gets her way. It depends on what her way is. I'm just saying, if I if I'm sitting there selling something to you and something to Lisa, she's probably going to be able to pull one over on me easier than you. Lisa would. gets the better price, right? Yeah, she's gotten a little more savvy as time has gone on. She's nobody's fool, but she is eager to uh, to get things resolved. So when you when you purchased your uh, Ferrari, uh, did did you just take sticker or did you work the salesperson over a little bit? Oh, I well, a couple of thoughts on that. First of all, I don't think anybody should sell anything without making a profit, you know. So I'm not going to go in and try and haggle somebody down to the to the very nub where they don't they're not getting hardly anything out of it. I mean, they have to make a living too, right? On the other hand, I don't want to be ripped off. See, I have I, a nice car. I bet those those uh, salespeople see you coming from a mile away. Oh, do you now? Do I strike you as somebody's fool? No, just just maybe some some deep pockets. 
<laughs> no, I care about a dollar too, you know. You know, Gordon, we do a lot of remotes at a lot of uh, uh, car dealerships, and I, I see the look on everybody's face when you roll up in that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, very nice uh, automobile. Oh, really? <laughs> everybody thinks, hmm. What a sucker? No, everybody just thinks, well, maybe maybe we can get him a, a different uh, top-of-the-line vehicle. That guy looks like he could afford to meet my quota. Right. there's There it is right there. No, 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 no. Anyway, although back- uh, although I will say that I always wanted to walk into a jewelry store sometime, dressed like an absolute bum, and 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 walk in and see how they treat treat me, and then and then bring out you know so bring you out the big dollar. So just to- I, I was going to say, so one, you want to pull a pretty woman? Is that what you're talking about? And two, I, know, that, I don't think you'd have to go to much effort, wardrobe-wise, to, to really pull this off. <laughs> What's the pretty woman reference? I mean, I, I've never seen that movie start to finish. What? You've never seen the, the, the pretty... the You've never seen that movie start to finish? Literally I, a jewelry, I, jewelry store she's in, isn't it? I think it's a clothing I, store. Oh, you're probably... Yeah, I think you're right. She goes, I, saw, I saw the last part of it once, but I haven't seen the whole movie. So, you know, her profession... She goes yeah. into an upscale uh, clothing store shopping, mm-hmm. and the the person there doesn't believe that she can afford to shop there, and basically oh, kicks her out. And then she gets some help from the the what the uh, what are they the concierge at the hotel who takes her shopping somewhere else, and she buys a zillion dollars worth of clothes, and then goes back to the other clothing store and says, "You work on commission, right? Big mistake. Huge, <laughs> huge." <laughs> Okay. Really? You're not familiar with that scene? How long ago was that movie? What was that, 89, 90? Yeah, we'll have to look it up. I just saw the the last part of it uh, not that long ago, about a month ago. So 1990. I, 1990? It's a good movie. I liked it. The, yeah. the, the concierge is the best part of the movie. Or Jason Alexander in his creepy role. Yeah, though you want to beat him up. The yeah, whole time, you do yeah. want to beat him up. Well, the, the part I saw, you did. You want to punch him right in the nose. Yeah, kind of a random Jason Alexander role there. Uh, but <laughs> but I'm surprised you didn't get the reference. I guess. No, I didn't. All right. Coming up next, we have another Mountain America market update. We'll find out what's going on in the markets. At 4 o'clock, Jay Drew of the Deseret News joins the show. Lock with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, where the news about the NBA just keeps coming fast and furious, Gordon. Zach Lowe and Adrian Wojnarowski have this report that came out about 10 minutes ago. I'll just read right from it and get your thoughts. Uh, the NBA Coaches Association fears new league standards and guidelines that could bar team staffers in high-risk categories for the coronavirus from attending the season's restart in Orlando could, quote, severely jeopardize, unquote, their future employment opportunities. Uh, NBCA Executive Director Dave Fogel and President Rick Carlisle have concerns that several assistants and three head coaches 
Houston's Mike D'Antoni, New Orleans' Alvin Gentry, and San Antonio's Greg Popovich could be restricted from leading their teams, and some could face considerable challenges in resuming their careers. Quote, the health and safety of all NBA coaches is our main concern, the NBACA told ESPN. However, we are also concerned with a coach's opportunity to work and not to have their ability to secure future jobs be severely jeopardized. The league assured us that a coach will not be excluded solely because of age. We feel the medical review process is designed to flag only those individuals who pose significant threats of substantial harm to themselves that cannot be reduced or eliminated by the NBA's considerable steps to create a healthy and safe atmosphere in Orlando. They go on. Adam, uh, Adam Silver, that is, and the NBA have created a situation in Orlando that is likely far safer than our coaches' home markets. Absent a significant threat, we believe a coach should be able to understand and assume their individual risks, waive liability, and coach in Orlando, unquote. Well, I'm not sure I understand the thinking there. If the, this COVID-19 thing is such a freaking anomaly, who who believes that this would factor into future seasons over the long haul? I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? If, if somebody has, for instance, an underlying condition of some sort and they're 35 years old, does somebody think this is going to come up every other year? Um. More like, uh, let's say, Mike D'Antoni can't coach because they don't let him, and his team goes on to win the NBA title. Mike D'Antoni is in the last year of his contract, so that would really severely impact his uh, ability to be the head coach of the Houston Rockets going forward. But but isn't that such a unique situation that uh, uh, COVID-19, with the knock on wood here, is not going to be around every year. It's not going to affect contract negotiations moving forward, right? I mean, if you're if you're running a, a team or if you're any kind of boss, are you going to really sit down and say, well, we don't want to hire this person because they have uh, some uh, asthma or something? You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that one, that's illegal, isn't it? It is, but what about my, my current example I just gave you? Okay, I mean, that, that's one. very that's that's very real. Or Alvin okay. Gentry, his success or lack thereof matters to his career going forward. Certainly, Greg Popovich. I guess, I, uh, but but do you think that based on what they've already accomplished with their teams, uh, that that would really play that big a role? What if? Well, I mean, who was the coach? Was it? What about uh, assistant coaches, was, Gordon? I, I just I think this is, a, I, this is a one-time thing. It's not going to be happening all the time. And, and if someone can't answer the bell right now for a seven-week period, that's going to put their whole careers in jeopardy? I think it could. Some, well, I, I think it's something certainly worth consideration. I understand it, where the it, coaches are. I certainly understand where they're coming from here. Well, okay, but, it, I mean, that's being paranoid a little bit. If you're working for a maniac – who is going to dump you because of this really rare situation, then uh, I don't know what to say to that. Tell Mike D'Antoni really rare. He's literally coaching for his job. You, well, you know how uh, that's Again, that's unique. That's something that isn't typically the case. Or what about these assistants that are literally coaching for their jobs? Well, what other scenario can you think of where that would be the case other than a season that was – 
absolutely stopped by the COVID-19 and then restarted in a bubble environment in Florida. I agree, How, but I think you're missing the point that what happens at that bubble affects careers. Right. And if and you it, can't coach, if they won't let you coach, I that's not fair. I understand. I, I get what you're saying, but how how many? <laughs> just the, it's a one-time shot. It's a one-time deal, right? There shouldn't be a concern about this moving forward. And I, yeah, I get it with I get it with that one case. But in most cases, I I don't think it's really going to affect anybody's employment, or at least it shouldn't. Maybe I have, again, I'm living in my hundred-acre wood here. What would have happened if this were in the Carlos Boozer, Darren Williams years and Jerry and Phil were in that vulnerable category? Are you trying to tell me that they would uh, uh, take it sitting down if the NBA told them they couldn't coach? Come on. Well, they'd be right back at it the next year. Oh, and? So it would not affect them in the long term. It uh, it matters. It absolutely matters. It matters in the here and, and it, now. And it matters in the long term. You bet it does. For Jerry Sloan, Jerry Sloan would have come back and coached the next year. I don't care what the scenario was. Right? And no one's going to say, oh, Jerry, you couldn't answer the bell. And you weren't, you, because of whatever situation, health-wise, we're not bringing you back next year. That never would have happened. Well, now there's a one-off case on the other side then. Okay, I, I just that's see it just so... one job. That's just one coach that happened no, to just... have the blessing of job security. Come on, well, I mean, these guys have weird... got to do their job to keep keep their job. All right, for this very one short period of time, and then it goes away. In theory, again, I mean, I mean, I. The, the D'Antoni one's the obvious one, but I, 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 yeah. I guarantee all these coaches are feeling that way. Or all the assistant coaches, or, you, you know, what if, what if uh, uh, we're not talking about an older assistant, but, uh, but another assistant with some other uh, circumstance that would put them in the vulnerable category. I, I agree with their point here. They should be able to uh, assess the risk and make that decision for themselves, 100%. I, well, yeah, I, I guess I agree with that as well. Why, now, who is who is putting forth that that should not be their decision? Uh, well, I'm sure the NBA has talked about. I mean, they're talked about res- restricting everything else. I'm sure they're concerned about the vulnerable population in the coaching staff. I mean, that's the older group of people to be considered here. But with everything else that's in place. I, I, I don't know. I, I can see why folks might be concerned about it, but I just don't think the effects will be lasting, except for in a case like uh, D'Antoni, who's essentially coaching for his job. But in most in most cases, I don't think that's the way it is. Well, I mean, one case in this circumstance is enough, in my opinion. I mean, how many <laughs> okay. coaches we're talking about? <laughs> okay. I mean, I see. I see what you're saying. Like to see you look Mike right in the face and say, Mike, I know that wacka wackadoo owner of yours is is going to fire you in any second, but uh, you can't get in there and prove yourself. Sorry, boss. See ya. <laughs> well, I think Mike could probably get a job elsewhere if he wanted it, but he shouldn't have to. I that's, know. That's, I know. Yeah. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> we'll get to uh, Jay Drew coming up top of the four o'clock hour. Real quick, let's get uh, out to uh, the zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he is Stu Campbell with us here on the Big Show. Stu, how are you? Good. How are you guys today? Doing great. Give us a little update on those markets. Great. Thanks for having me. 
So the Dow was down, it closed down 170 points today, or roughly, um, I mean, both of the market was technically flat, 0.65% down, ending at 26,119. The S&P 500 was down 11 points, down 0.36%, ending at 3,113. So the market, it opened up higher today to start the day and then backed off um, due to uh, more COVID cases or or scaring of seeing spikes in COVID cases in some of our more populous states, um, namely Texas, Florida, and even Arizona, just uh, to the south of us. So um, they've seen some increases there, and, and the market's still trying to digest that. Any advice? Well, uh, yeah, uh, you know, this, the market's been doing good the last uh, few business days, uh, especially yesterday, um, where it was, uh, uh, they came out talking about retail sales um, were better than, than they thought. You know, some of the areas that were doing better, um, like food and beverage industry, which has been really good because they were hit really hard um, when the pandemic first started. Home goods, sporting goods, I don't know if anybody's tried to buy a bike or a trampoline these days. Um, they're almost non-existent on store shelves. Um, I think my advice is, you know, if, um, if anybody's looking for uh, deals on clothing and electronics, a, a lot of retailers that are selling those, um, they've got lots of inventory. They're giving good discounts. Um, those are the, the retail areas that are still struggling, and they're just trying to make sales. So if you have money, go and spend it on those good deals there, and uh, you might find a uh, Say some good deals. Right on, Stu. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Great. Thanks, you guys. Have a good one. There you go. That's our friend Stu from Mountain America Investment Services, and that is another Mountain America market update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. All right, Gordo, we'll talk to your old friend Jay Drew of the Deseret News. Coming up next, we'll talk a little BYU. We checked in with Dirk Facer yesterday. We'll check in with Jay today. Yeah, I look forward to it. Always talking to Jay. All right, we'll have that straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.